like Jersey Jerry. I think we 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 got a gold mine in Jersey Jerry. Oh, I'm heating up now. This is gonna be something special. Welcome back to the Out of Respect Podcast. I'm your host, Jersey Jerry. This is Season 1, Episode 11. We got a couple special guests here. Well, we got one special guest. We got a friend of ours. We call him Joe Showpony Velarde. And then we got Vinny Vegas sitting in on the couch on the ones and twos today. This is going to be something special. Now, a couple weeks ago, I got a message via Instagram DM. It's from Joe Velarde. Now, I haven't seen Show Pony since the Little League days. He tells me he wants to let loose a little bit. He's loving the podcast. Tells me he wants to come by and bet some ponies with Jersey. I said, no problem. Now, I didn't know this till a few weeks ago. If any of you guys recall, episode 5 on the pot, I had Vinny Vegas here. Now... I had no clue why Velarde was reaching out to me. I had no idea he listens to the pot. And I also had no idea Velarde and Vegas go back, way back. They're best buds. Now after Velarde reached out, I just had one question. One question, that's it. I said, you want to come to the table. You want to come to the pot. You want to bet horses with Jersey. No problem. But I got to ask you something. If you want to come here, you got to have a nickname. What do they know you as in Fairfield? When you bring up Velarde in Fairfield, what do they call you? First of all, out of respect, I just want to say thank you for having me, cousin. It's a good question. You ask me, I have a lot of different nicknames from Joey Meat, Joey Vela, Vela, Voigella, but the main thing in my town, they call me Show Pony. And if you want to know why, it's because every time I put in on a race, I'm someone who's going to keep coming in life, gambling, anything, you name it, I'm not going to stop coming. You knock me down, I'm getting up. And that's something you don't want to go against. Listen, Jer, I know you're the one usually asking the questions, but... I got a question for you, and I know this is a little different from how you run things, but I want to know, and I want to know because I ask everyone this, but I know you know what you're talking about from another show pony. I know nobody calls you that, but I could just tell by sitting here, you are a show pony with that fucking mullet. You walk around, people see that thing, you got to be worth some money. So I'm going to ask you this. What makes you bet a horse? I want to know. Before this thing gets in the gate, they're walking around. The jockey doesn't know what the fuck if he's going to stop, keep running. What makes you bet a horse? Give it to me. You know, nobody's ever asked me that before. But I respect that. And I'm going to give you an answer here. Now, 
the first rule I go by. If in a small race, not a big race, if it's a small race, I always, if there is a gray horse in that race, I always unload on the gray. But you'll never see me unload on a gray in the Derby, in the Preakness, or in the Belmont. I will never do it because I've done it before and I've got fucked. So, the second thing, when I'm betting on a horse, I will never touch a horse with a white stripe going down their face. That's a no-no for me. The third thing, when I'm betting and I'm looking at these horses walking around the tracks, I'm looking at them. And the first thing that I look for is I look to see how their temperament is. If they're real calm and those ears are facing forward and they're at attention, I'm looking to play that horse. I'm looking to play him because that shows me they're mature. The big lights, all the fans, that doesn't phase them. Now, if you see a horse walking around and he's acting crazy, do not bet that horse. No way. That's an automatic loss. Look at the ears. If the ears are pinned back, that horse is scared to death. And he's going to have no shot. So there you go. Those are my few tips that I go by. Now, I'm going to ask that question back to you, show pony. What makes you bet a horse? Well, Jer, I listen, I agree with you a little bit. But usually I never look at a fucking horse's ears. You know what I'm saying? I never look at the horse's ears. I think as human beings, you got to look at shit we do. Like, how great do you feel after you take a shit? You could run for days, huh? You get into, you see these horses getting into this gate. All of a sudden he lays a fucking log. Oh, he must have a lot out of him. And he got a lot to put into this race. That's one of the things I look at. If he's taking the shit, I don't give if he's 45 to 1, 67 to 1. He's he's clear. He feels good. He's loose. He got the, he's got the nerves out of him. Everything. But my main thing, my main thing when I bet a race, oh, you see all these horses with these long tails, right? And all of a sudden, this horse has a braid out of his tail. First of all, where was this horse before this? Jamaica? This fucking horse is going somewhere. I like to look at like these girls. They go out. They get done up. They're going places. This horse is putting on a show today. He's not going out to get a drink. He's not going out to like, hey, I'm here. He's going out to get it. And he's coming. You know, it's funny you bring that up. You and Vegas been here for about four hours now. We've been betting on ponies since race one. Now, I haven't seen a braided tail today. And I haven't seen a log of shit on the track. So... You let me know how you did today, Batten. Well, Jer, I clearly took your method because we're down thousands of dollars. <laughs> and not for nothing, Vegas 
It doesn't help anyone anyway. I've never seen anyone lose more money in a matter of 29 minutes than this kid just did. So if I'm doing better than anyone, it's definitely Vegas. I feel for him. I don't know what else to say about that. You're right. There was no braid. There was no shit. But we stuck our foot in shit, and I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's been a bad day all around over here in the basement. I lost a couple hundred. Vegas loses about 700. And Show Pony's down about a thousand. So it's not a good day. I don't really want to talk about that much more. What I want to get into here is I remember a couple days ago, you calling me, telling me, Jer, you wouldn't believe what just happened. You wouldn't believe what just happened to me. I said, what's going on? What happened? What's the word? What's happening? He said, there's a guy who sent my girlfriend flowers. I said, what? Another guy sent your girl flowers? Doesn't he know that show ponies got that locked up? He said, Jer, he knows. He knows I got it locked up. But the audacity to send my girl flowers. I got to get something off my chest, Jer. I need to talk about this. I got to let the people know. Now, before I let you go, I just got two questions for you. Now, feel free to answer. If you don't want to answer, I get it. The first question I have was, was anything attached to these flowers? Was there maybe a little note attached with these flowers that she could have read? And the second thing I want to know is, what type of flowers were these? Because that's going to play a big role in this. Oh, Jer, there was a fucking note, all right. You ready for this, son? I got it right in my hand. I put it right in my wallet like a fucking, like my little cousin's picture. My heart hurts knowing you were. I know this is hard. Soon you will get better. So keep your head up until you are healed. Now, anyway, I kind of had an idea of who this was. And obviously people know why she's getting sent flowers. If you don't, you don't. If you do, you do. But at the end of the day, I had my suspicion. So you know what I did, Jer? I called the flower shop. Did a little research. Exactly. And the person was denying it, denying it, denying it. So I called up the flower shop that was on the card. And I said, hey, this is so-and-so. Did my flowers ever get to this address yet? Boom. Yeah. They've been sent about 30 minutes ago. Caught red-handed. But. I should have said this before and I'm saying it now. When my girlfriend sent me this picture. And it said anonymous. I said. I can't believe these motherfuckers didn't put my name on those flowers. Because I sent you them. I mean, at the end of the day, I I forgot to say this. They were, I know you asked. They were like blue roses. I don't even think they took the fucking thorns out of the sides. 
But, I mean, hey, he was better off putting a fucking 80 to 90 $100 bet on someone that, you know, it, it went to shit. They went right in the garbage when I got there, and that's when she found that I didn't send them. And we both had the same idea who did send them. And like you said, he's a fucking sucker. And on another thing, I'm not dropping any names. So if you are sitting there listening to this and you think this is about you, guess what? It's most definitely about you. So the reason I asked about the flowers and the reason I said it's going to play a big role in this is because, number one, if you're trying to make an impression on somebody, if you're trying to get something back in your life that was there before, you don't send them no fucking blue roses with the fucking thorns on them. That's a sucker. You want to make an impression? You send them those flowers. I don't even know how to pronounce them. They last about a year or two. The Venus LaFleurs. Now that's special. That's different. So you don't even gotta mention his name to me. You don't gotta show me a picture of this guy. I don't care if he's ripped up. If he got a six pack. If he's all jacked up. I just know. At the end of the day. This is a guy. Who would I like to call people sometimes. A punk pussy. I think you were being a little nice about it. I like I like what you said. I really do. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's no sweat off my back. It makes me happy deep down inside that, you know, this girl, guy, tranny, whatever it is, you're going to send my girl flowers it puts me in a better place, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was mad, I talk about it, I laugh about it, I rip people. But at the same time, it's just like, wow, I must have a good fucking girl, huh? Now, you got that off your chest. You said you had another thing to bring to the table today. One of your most favorite fighters of all time, Iron Mike Tyson. Now, you know I'm a big Tyson fan. You see it when you walk into this basement in the top left. You see Iron Mike with that championship belt right there and those solid black shorts with the black shoes he's always wore. I'm a big Tyson guy. What do you got to tell me about Tyson? Well, Jer, I know know where this is going to end up going. And Mike Tyson and his prime, like... You can't, I don't even know, like, really, if you can compare him to Muhammad Ali. Like, I think Muhammad Ali didn't stand a chance. This guy would get inside you. He'd beat you up. Like, there's nothing really bad you can say about it. But I know what you're going to come with next. Because I've seen him on Instagram. I've seen him on social media hitting his pads, hitting his bag. And you look at him and you're like, holy shit. Like, if this guy fights Fury, Wilder, fucking Andy, whatever, fucking Ruiz, whatever the fuck that fat fucking name is, it's like, if this guy catches a hold of him, even, I think he's 53, is he 53 years old? 53. Like, (laughs) you just don't know. Now, 
when you talk about Iron Mike Tyson, I watched a video. I watched a clip of Mike Tyson about four or five weeks back on social media. This is before I even found out that Iron Mike might be coming back. I'm going to play the clip here. It's about a 30-second clip, and I'm going to talk about this clip afterwards. Because I feel my, I was an annihilated, that's all I was born for. And now those days are gone, it's empty, I'm nothing. I'm working on being the art of humbleness. Can you be with me? That's the reason why I'm crying, because I'm not that person no more. And I miss them. Because sometimes I feel like a bitch. Because I don't want to. I don't want that person to come out because if he comes out, hell is coming with him. Now, when I seen that Mike Tyson clip, I seen the pain in his eyes. I seen the pain in his voice choking up on that show. That gave me the chills. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I just seen Mike Tyson hit those pads last week. I seen the speed he still got. And I'm going to tell you one thing. If he happens to end up coming back and competing at heavyweight, I will tell you this. Mike Tyson will be a champion again. Mark my words. Because, listen, I don't think that this guy's not an animal. I don't think this guy can't fight anymore. But at the end of the day, you... Say you want to back out three rounds. You want to keep backing up. He wins the first three rounds. He wins the first four rounds. And he doesn't knock you out. You think this guy is going 12 fucking rounds with a Tyson Fury? Even a shit boxer like Deontay Wilder? Like, it it just doesn't add up with me. If you have three rounds... I would say he has a shot. And I've seen him on social media saying that he wants to do a charity three-round fight is because that's the only way he knows he's going to win. He thinks he can catch somebody. But at the end of the day, is this guy's going hard for about a minute clip, which I could fucking do and look good. And like I said before and like you said before, he is my favorite fighter, but I am a realist. I just don't think that this guy can win over in three rounds, and that's the reason why he's saying he wants to go three rounds with anyone. Vegas, I want your opinion on Mike Tyson because I've talked to a lot of people about this. They're saying there's no shot Tyson comes back, and there's no shot he can make a run for it again. I'm telling you, Mike Tyson... The old Mike Tyson is back. Vegas, what do you think? Do you think Iron Mike can make a comeback here? It is Iron Mike. And that guy is known to catch anybody. The first, third, fifth, eighth, twelfth round. He's got that type of power that's going to catch somebody. Now, do I think he's going to be a title contender immediately? No, and that might be his issue. Time. He's going to build his way back to the top. And I don't think at the age of 60, in seven years, if he gets there, He's going to be able to knock out a Tyson Fury. Either way, one thing's for sure. Iron Mike is back. And I'm telling you, it's going to be electric. It's going to be an electric factory.
Now, within those four weeks, he lost about 25 pounds. Iron Mike is looking sharp. I'm excited to see what's next. Now, to close out the show, I want to bring something up to you, Show Pony. Now, I don't know what your opinion on this is, and I don't know if you've watched recently, but I've been watching The Last Dance with Mike Jordan, and I am amazed. Now, I never got to see Jordan play. I never did. I just got to see LeBron play. But after watching all these episodes, and the last episode is going to be coming on tonight, all I got to say is, Mike Jordan is the GOAT. Now, when you see Mike and you compare him to LeBron, yeah, LeBron's probably going to pass him with a lot of numbers, the points, the assists, the rebounds. LeBron James is going to do that. But LeBron ain't going to pass him with the rings. And another thing I wanted to bring up, in my opinion, what separates Jordan and LeBron? Think about how many people that Jordan has stopped from getting championship rings. I mean, you're talking about Malone, Reggie Miller, Ewing, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Gary Payton, the glove. They never got rings. But LeBron, on the other hand, he's let people get a lot of rings. And that's what separates the two. So I want to ask you, what do you think? Listen, Jer, I think LeBron James is nothing more than a fucking basketball player. And I don't care what anyone says. You're not a fucking politician. Nobody cares what you say. And this has nothing do to do with basketball. You want to be compared to Jordan, I think LeBron James is a great, great basketball player. And I think he's one of the best athletes of all time. But you're not a Rosa Parks. You're not a Harriet Tubman. You're not Obama. And I respect what he's trying to do. And he wants to stick up for his culture. Whatever he wants to do. This and that. But at the same time is. He's not as educated. As he thinks he is. And. That is no. Disrespect. At all. I respect what he's doing. But I just don't feel like. He's doing this in a positive way. But now, to come to it with um, LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, like, you know, actually, my friends say to me, my friends are big Le- uh, LeBron fans. First of all, I'm a Kobe guy. But they say this, oh, LeBron James came back 3-1. to one. To win in seven games versus the Golden State Warriors with with all these guys. Okay. Michael Jordan has never been to a game fucking seven. And that's all you need to know. If you've been watching this documentary, this guy 
was flying on a plane and he told his team, hey, guess what? I ain't packing two suits. I'm packing one. We're, we're finishing this thing out. And you know what he did? He finished it right the fuck out. But listen, like I said, LeBron James right now, um, in this generation, I wa- I remember where he was, where he hit that game winner in Cleveland versus the fucking Magic with shitty Dwight Howard, whoever they beat. I th- who did they lose to in the Pistons in that finals? Was the Pistons? I don't even know, and I don't even fucking care. But guess what? He's not Michael Jordan. I don't give a fuck who he played. He could have played the fucking Nork Bears. Wow. Show pony. I think you had one too many Bud Lights. Maybe one too many Mad Elves. Because you got no clue what you're talking about. LeBron James lost that series to the Magic. So you're on a pill with that one. <laughs> well, long story short, like I said, I could give a fuck about LeBron James. And at the end of the day, Jared, before we wrap this up, I know you're always texting me. I know where you work, and you always say, where's a good place to go in Caldwell? Where's a good place to go over here? I know a good place. You go to fucking Frank Anthony's right on Bloomfield Ave. My buddy Squid owns it. He'll take care of you. Get a nice DePaul. You'll be feeling right for the next couple months. And you'll keep coming. You'll keep coming. I take the lobster ravioli. I put it down. I come back. I do it again. Great fucking. uh, What a great fucking place. I hope you stop over there. We'll get dinner there one day. Oh, you. I'm glad to be on the show. And that's about it, my man. And as always, thanks for stopping by. Out of respect. Ma, put on the macaronis.